This is episode 102 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. This episode goes all the way back to Winter Youth Celebration 2004, The Whole Story with Rick McKinley. This is session one, his story. The recording cut off early, but we're including it because he sets up the premise for the rest of the sessions. Good evening. Wow. That was my son. Hey, we're glad that you guys are here tonight. It's good to see you. We, uh, I've been a part of this now for quite a few years, bringing people from LaGrande. I used to be a youth pastor in LaGrande. Anybody from LaGrande here? There we go. I, uh, I moved to LaGrande after I grew up in California. And, okay, we had one person from California. Oh, yes, California is beautiful. It doesn't, it's a little more sunny here than there. I've noticed that after a couple years of living in Portland. And I moved from Portland up to uh, from Sacramento up to Portland, and then I went over to LaGrand. So that was about uh, a shift of about a million to two million people. And so LaGrand has 12,000 people. And I remember sitting there with the youth group the first night, uh, first week that I was there, and trying to figure out, okay, what are the, what are the groups at the school, you know, the subcultures, where the jocks and, you know, punkers or whatever, what do you got? And they said, well, we got, you know, we got the, the jocks, and we got those kind of people, and we got cowboys, and we have hicks. I'm like... Okay, so we have cowboys and hicks, and I was trying to make this distinction, because what, what, would, what would be different about a cowboy and a hick? He says, well, cowboys wear the big hats and the big buckles, like a brother up here that was ripping it up on, a, on the mic, and, and the hicks, they, uh, they change their oil in the parking lot and throw uh, sawdust on it and leave. So I thought, well, nice, there we go, we got a few of those guys. Uh, I had a great time in LeGrand, so it's good to be with you today. We started a church called Imago Day in Portland about four years ago, this last October, and uh, God's taught us a ton through that experience, but I don't really want to talk about that. What I want to talk to you tonight and this week is this whole idea of what does it mean to live our lives under this whole story? Uh, I, I love stories. Um, I think all of us love stories. That's why we like film and movies and uh I have little kids, and so I love to, when we open the book and you read that first line, once upon a time, and your mind starts, starts wondering what's going to happen next, what happened then. Our hearts and our lives are wrapped up in this whole concept of story. And God is a God of story. And so as we journey together this week, it's really a chance for us to look at our own stories, to look at the story of God to look at the stories of your neighbors and your friends and the world that we live in and try to make sense of it all. What does it mean? What is it all about? I remember when I was about 18 years old and I graduated from high school and I never grew up in the church. I went there one time in my life. I was eight years old. It was Easter. My dad decided it would be good to go to church. So we go to church and they're singing hymns and he's, he's singing in this opera voice. Uh, which I thought was really funny, so I'm trying not to wet my pants as an eight-year-old. And, and then we leave, and the pastor's shaking hands at the back of church, and he says, you have a lovely voice, sir. And I'm just like, I got, I'm going to wet myself. And, and, and we never went to church again, so that was my whole experience, that you sing in this falsetto voice, and, and that's what life's all about. And when I hit 18, I really started thinking about the meaning of this whole thing. I was in classes that were teaching me that we sort of evolved out of this primordial pond and 
And so that's what we're about now. We just kind of happen to be here. And some people find that very meaningful in terms of a story. I find it rather absurd. So it's kind of like, well, okay, so why shouldn't I off myself or off everybody else? I mean, what, what's, what's the point of life if that's all that we've done? I really started this sort of hunger inside for God and asking myself, well, well who is God or what is God? And, and uh, I remember walking through the campus and I saw this dude meditating and he was like sitting Indian style and doing this little thing and I thought, wow, that looks really spiritual. So I went back to my dorm room and tried to cross my legs and uh, yeah, I was good for like 30 seconds of kind of like, huh, okay, and, and nothing happened. So I said, well, whatever. And, and the new age thing was out. And, and I was really finding, uh, finding life more and more meaningless, perhaps pointless. I knew what it was to have friends and family and, and connect and all that stuff, but what was at the end of the day the point of, of living? And so what I want to talk to you about tonight and this week is really this understanding of what does it mean to live our life under the story of God? How does that impact your story and my story and the people's story that we're around? And so this is a journey that we're going on together. I, I want to say a couple things about speaking to you tonight. I'm not like Mr. Youth Speaker, um, but I believe in you. And I say that because I spent about 10 or 12 years as a youth pastor. And it seemed like we uh, treated high school kids as if they weren't yet part of the church. Um, I don't know if it was the room that was really far away from everybody or the junky furniture that people donated that Goodwill didn't take and then we got to decorate our room with that. It was kind of like, okay, here's your mask, put it on, we're going to go sit on the couch that uh, somebody gave us. It, it was just this kind of implicit thing that when you're 30 or you ha and you have kids, then you get to be the church and until then you just get to be in this room. And, and as I spent time in La Grande and in other places and, and saw students who gave their lives fully to God and fully to faith and saw what God did through them, I became so convinced that you are the church. If you're here tonight and you're a Christ follower, then you're the church. And so I speak to you, I'm not speaking down to you, I'm speaking alongside you as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I truly believe that if you fully give your life to Christ, that you are gifted and you're called and he's going to do something amazing in your heart. Tonight what I want to talk to you about is his story, God's story. And so if you have a Bible, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. While you're doing that, I'm going to pray. It's okay to have your eyes open and turn your pages at the same time. God, thank you for being a good God. Thank you for the people in this room tonight these young men and women that you have called here for this week. And God, together as we gather, we gather with anticipation. That as we look to your word, God, you'd speak to us. That as we look to your story, that we'd find our own story wrapped in it. God, I pray for those who are here tonight and who have questions about you. God, would you bring clarity to them. For those who are here tonight that, God, they love you, and yet they know that you want more from them, that you want more of their heart. I pray that you would break down those walls of distrust or fear, and they give themselves fully to you. God, for those who are here tonight, who, who, who are fully sold out to you, I pray they'd be affirmed and encouraged. 
And so as we uh, go into your word, I pray you'd come by your Holy Spirit and uh, you'd do the talking. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We come to this uh, passage in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. And it's really a passage that, in my mind, is sort of the Apostle Paul's highlight film. So when we talk about the story of God, we could start in Genesis and go to Revelation, but that could take a little longer than you probably want to sit. So we got to Colossians chapter 1. And in this passage, there is a huge claim that the Apostle Paul is making. And so I don't want to pretend tonight that as we go through this, that everybody in the room is just going, yeah, okay, that's great, of course. These are crazy, huge claims that the Apostle Paul, and I believe God, is making about himself. And, and if we're paying attention, they're claims that he is hoping draw you into thinking about your life and thinking about the story of life and what the point of it is and what is the main story. And because God's going to make a claim tonight through his word that the story of Jesus brings hope to every other story in the world and that he reigns over our stories. And that's a huge claim to make. And I don't want to just do that lightly. I want you to think and engage it with me tonight. So if you have your Bible, Colossians 1, verse 15. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He's before all things and, all, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood on the cross. And the first thing that the Apostle Paul says about Jesus is that he is the image of the invisible God. In other words, if you want to see God, you look to Jesus. He's the image that God has put forth. And when you, when you look into the cultural story that, that we live in, the day that you find yourself and I find myself in, there are all kinds of stories about who Jesus is. Some people say, ah, he's a good prophet. He was a nice guy. He was a good teacher. Most people say they like him. I, I think we get this picture that, that the world is out there and they hate Jesus. I don't, the most people that I talk to that aren't Christ followers don't hate Jesus. They like him. But they don't believe he was God. That's a huge claim to make. He is the image of the invisible God. And he goes on from there to say, for by him all things were created. That Jesus is the creator of every story that's here. Whether they're things that you can see, things in heaven, things on earth, visible, invisible, thrones or powers, rulers of the earth, that he created everything. And that is a huge claim to make. That as he is the creator of every story, that he created all things, 
that he's saying something about the origin of this story called life. Where did you come from? What's the point? Is there any meaning in it whatsoever? And John chapter 1 says that the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was...